We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Oh, welcome to a whole new year, everyone. <laughs> That's right. 2013 is gone. It's now 2014. Let's uh, let's embrace that. Um, boy, howdy. Uh, my, I don't usually make resolutions, but this year I'm totally doing it. Um, yeah, I'm my my big resolution now, of course, is to get another job because this job blows blows super super hard and i cannot wait i'm not gonna bum you out and bore you with the details about why it's so awful but you know uh i I, this is maybe the first year i've ever made like new year's resolutions so it is kind of it's weird but um i like it's it's odd because i'm enjoying the fact that I have stuck to it, uh, at least with this resolution. So, uh, oh, hey, let's start it off. Let's go from laughing stock to, or uh, bright brown to laughing stock. Uh, this is a girl named January, and the whole reason, I mean, the whole deal about this song is January brings you newness. And it, it seems like the, the more you listen to the song, it seems more that you're able in January to be sort of forgiven for your mistakes of the previous year and be like, okay, that was last year. None of that happened. Forget, hey, forget all that. Uh, We're just doing something new now. Um, So that's what we're doing. So forget about the old stuff. By the time we reach July so, uh, but the nice thing about uh, having a New Year's resolution of I'm going to find another job is it takes. So my resolution is every day I'm going to I'm going to look for another job, which is a great, easy resolution. I mean, obviously the resolution you don't want to get trapped into is the one that it's just too hard to do. Uh, this one is totally. I mean, even I, I am. I consider going on LinkedIn and scrolling through and looking for people posting about jobs, and then clicking on the jobs section is enough to satisfy the need. You know, the 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 criteria for the resolution. Um, so it's been a while since we've all uh, talked, <laughs> or as Doug Benson would say, I talked and you listened. Um, unfortunately, a lot of my notes that I. I uh, took, you know, because that's what I do is I take notes along the way. And then once I have enough notes, I I do a podcast about it. But unfortunately, there is at some point, um, you know, where the notes stop making sense because they're so old. You're just like, what was that? So let's start off with the notes that don't make any sense at all. Um, The other thing is, is that I do make a lot of notes while intoxicated and I think they make um, a lot of sense 
at the time, and then I write them down, and I don't, and I always, I, this is the big problem, is I always think I write enough down, but clearly I don't. I write, you know, like two-thirds of enough down, and then I'm just like, yeah, I kind of remember that, but I, I don't remember how I got from A to B to this thing. Maybe I only write one-third down, but anyway... Uh, we, uh, so, so let's just go through the, the stuff that didn't make any sense. Um, so I, I remember I was in the shower and I wrote down, I, I was doing some riff about, I think falling down or something like that. And all I wrote down was 25 dicks in your face and then Jane Goodall getting monkey dick. Now, I'm not sure what that means, and I, I'm pretty sure that there's absolutely no way I'm ever going to find my way back to that. There's no way, because I and I know they're connected, uh, but I don't, I don't know uh, what what the the path would be there. And then right above that, I wrote 31 flavors. I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know. Now those I don't think are connected. God, I hope not. 31 flavors of 25 dicks. Hmm. No. Uh, oh, so uh, music uh, right now is um, a band. Uh, it's barely a band. Um, it's, it's it's essentially uh, people I went to college with: uh, Curtis Earhart and uh, Alex Bornstein. Uh, you might might remember Alex Bornstein as the voice of Lois on um, uh, The Family Guy, which she has done. I don't know, for the last 15 years or something. She's getting her own new show on HBO. And I am not friends with Alex Bornstein. Um, I tried to connect with her uh, after college uh, once she got on Mad TV. And uh, it was kind of an asshole thing on my part because I was like, it, it was really like one of these like, oh, hey, now you're famous, I'll talk to you. You know, kind of things that I did. Uh, but... You know, and so she perfectly reasonably kind of was not interested in talking to me. Um, and I sort of was like, yeah, okay, I get it. It was kind of a dumb thing to do. We, you know, as soon as we all graduated, we just didn't talk to each other anymore uh, because this was all, you know, pre Facebook and it was not that easy. Uh, but. Uh, I am friends with Curtis Earhart, who now lives in, like, Hungary or something, Budapest. And uh, and so I thought, oh, you know, I'll break this out and, you know, mix it and send it off to him. And I have yet to do that. Uh, but uh, the hiss that you are hearing, the tremendous hiss that you are hearing is from the fact that this is a four-track recording. So before I had the old eight-track, I had purchased a cassette four-track and uh, recorded them. Uh, they were known as the Rashads, which is such a great name that is perfectly fixed in the time of which it was conceived because they came up with the idea because of uh, Ahmad Rashad had proposed 
uh, to Felicia Rashad, Felicia Rashad from The Cosby Show, she played the mom, on, like, live television. And it was, you know, a big thing and whatever. But, God, I mean, nobody even remembers Felicia Rashad anymore. So the fact that this is, like, her namesake in the band makes, like, it just, like, it requires this lengthy explanation for anybody to get it. But anyway, I I just, um, I had always really liked these songs. Um, uh, Curtis has a very Bob Dylan-esque singing style. Alex Bornstein, she's a great singer, um, and she's, it's it's a really nice pairing of these two, because he's got kind of that, you know, mid-range rasp that I have, but she's got um, this uh, more rounded tone to her. What's even stranger than that is, I think it it must be the age of the tape or the four track or whatever, but she's lost all high end and any sort of like buzziness is gone. So it's it's really sonically, I I don't okay nobody cares what am I doing? But anyway, it's a neat compliment. So. I, I don't know what's going to become of this. It's I, I feel weird about posting this on Facebook and saying, like, hey, you should listen to this. Mostly because, you know, it's like posting a porno of, like, an ex-girlfriend or something. It's, it, I mean, it's, I'm not doing it for revenge. I'm, I'm doing it because I think it's cool. But anyway. Um, oh, so karaoke. So uh, uh, my good friend Christopher, well, all right, I, I think he's a good friend. I don't know what he thinks of me. Uh, lives in Japan now and he came back and he was like you know one of the things I really want to do is do karaoke at this karaoke bar that I used to go to all the time and I was like great so uh, we went and I have for the longest time I've been looking for a new go to song go to karaoke song and I am not one who uh loves karaoke. I am not one of those people. I am the guy who enjoys. I don't shy away from. I will do it. But I am not the dude who has like a go-to song in his hip pocket. So uh, I was like, okay, I'll do something. I had a beer and I had a couple of martinis or whatever. So I open up the book and the book I don't know. It was um, I just flipped around for a couple of songs and I was like, oh, okay, that one. And I picked uh, Fever by uh, uh, Dusty Springfield. Dusty Springfield? Mm, I don't know. Anyway, um, so um, maybe, you know what? I'm going to save that because I know we're going to run out of uh, Rashad's music at one point. So um, I'll throw in Fever and I'll give you the rundown of how that went. Uh, Sadly, you know, this is... As much as I try to record my life, like, that is a thing I don't actually have. And I really wish I did, because it was very strange. But we'll get to that uh, later. Um, So, oh, so let's talk about some movies. Um, You know, December is the month 
where they put all the Oscar contenders in there uh, for two reasons, in case you don't know. Uh, the reason why they do it is uh, in order to qualify for the Oscars, you have to have a movie in a Los Angeles movie theater for one week. So what they do is they release all of these movies Christmas Day. And the, the span between Christmas Day and New Year's Eve is one week. They, they do that, and because they want the movies to be fresh in your mind, and they also want everybody who's got that week off, which is, you know, a lot of businesses, amazingly enough, like, shut down for that week. Uh, so they want all of those people going to the movie. Um, so now that it's January, it's really kind of like you're going to see those same movies come back, you know, be, uh, once they get nominated for Academy Awards and junk like that. Uh, so if you've seen all of those, or if you don't have the ability to go to the theater, you've got kids or whatnot, um, uh, the two movies that I have seen recently that I really, really liked, uh, I really liked uh, This Is The End, which is the of uh, uh, Jonah Hill, uh, James Franco, uh, uh, Seth Rogen movie uh, about the apocalypse where they all play sort of like these weird, crazy, heightened versions of themselves. I thought it was hilarious. Um, some, a lot of people felt like the joke kind of got old after a while. I, I never felt like that. I thought it was great uh, uh, all the way through. The other movie that I saw, which it has a very confusingly similar title, is The World's End. And it's about, uh, it's that whole Simon Pegg, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz crew again. Uh, they're back making another movie, and thank God, because everything they do is great. And uh, I, not that I'm biased or anything, but uh, it's about, essentially the movie is about one guy who never really moved on after high school. Um, he never really got a job. He never really moved out of there. Well, he did move out of the town, but uh, he just never really got over high school. And he thinks everybody is kind of sort of trapped in that same bubble that he is. But the reality is, is they haven't. They've all moved on. They've all got jobs. They've got health problems. They've got all kinds of things going on. And he tries to get them back together to do the walk or the, the pub crawl uh, of every single pub in this, you know, one mile length. And there's like 13 pubs. Good Lord. And, and you have to drink a pint, a pint at each one, which to me sounds insane. Like 13 pints in a night. I would not do well with that. But, um, you know, and of course it's a Shaun of the Dead-like movie. Like, crazy shit happens along the way. But essentially, it's about this guy and his friends and just sort of figuring out, like, just, you know, just one guy being trapped by his past and trying to figure out his future and all this stuff. And it's... It's, uh... It's, uh... It, it hit very close to home for me. So... 
Uh, it's not, I would say, it's not as funny as some of the other movies, but I really enjoyed it just the same. Uh, oh, a movie I did not care for is Elysium. And Elysium is, is, uh, is about, it's the, from the dude who, uh, wa- who made, um, Area, Area, no, District 9. Haha, not Area 57, District 9. And District 9, if you have not seen it, is fantastic. So good. Um, and everything that was good about that movie is not good about Elysium. Um, you know, it, it in, in District 9, you have, you know, this very strange anti-hero, like a guy who's essentially an accountant who gets thrown into this sort of hero role that, you know, you never see that in Hollywood movies. Oh, but in Elysium, oh, now let's get Matt Damon, who is the action star in, like, every action movie now. Oh, okay, well, there goes that. And and it's just, like, as... I mean, I, I, any sort of subtlety that was in District 9 is completely gone in Elysium. Um... So anyway, um, don't. Oh, the oh, my favorite thing, my favorite thing to hate about this movie is the same problem that the Total Recall reboot did, which is in the future we'll have um, you know jobs that are tough to come by, and so a lot of people have to work on factory assembly lines, assembling robots. Um, wait. We, we have robots right now that can assemble cars. What the fuck do we need humans to assemble? And it's the future. So you would think in the future, robots can assemble robots. This is bonkers. I mean, it's like, did they not think of this? Oh, and then, of course, in Elysium, they take it to the next step where it's like uh, the robots aren't on the assembly line, they're police officers and have the worst judgment ever. I mean, excessive force is the only thing they do, right? They don't have any... They don't have any other mode. So... Um, yeah, don't see Elysium. It's garbage. Uh, it, and, and it's totally inconsistent. Oh, all right, I'll give you one more inconsistent thing that's fantastic about this movie. Is uh, he uh, takes a grenade and chucks it at this dude, and it blows, like, the lower half of his face off. And then the bad guys are like, meh. And they take the dude, and they, you know... A while goes by, at least 10 minutes goes by. And they take him, they throw him in the body reconfigurator. And the, and the reconfigurator's like, oh, well, his brain is fine, so um, we'll just fix him up. And then it goes through and it, and it does like a fifth element sort of, you know, body reconstruction. And then, you know, Jodie Foster, and by the way, I'm going to spoil this movie, but fuck it, don't see this movie, so it's not a spoiler. Um, she gets her throat slit, and then, well, she's dead. Really? They're not going to bring her back? Just mur- uh, uh, all right. I mean, you don't think that guy with half his face blown off uh, lost some blood, too? Because, you know, she didn't suffer any brain problems. All right, well, whatever. Make 
Okay, so, um, oh, so getting back to the guy who directed District 9, I hope, because District 9 was so great, I hope that he's got more in him. I just listened to this Billy Joel interview on uh, Alec Baldwin's podcast. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. Billy Joel is a songsmith who looks fantastic in a tight pair of jeans. Anyway, there's my uh, Alec Baldwin impression there for you. It, it's, it's gotten better. Um, you know, certainly the more I yell, uh, the raspier my voice gets. And then just, you gotta, you gotta put it in there. But a little bit of uh, Irish anger as well, you know. What's, what, what's the matter? What are you doing? What are you looking at? Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm gonna keep working on it. Uh, mostly in the shower. And that's the only time anybody will hear it. All right. So um, what Billy Joel said was uh, he had his first album and it did moderately well. And then the uh, record label said, OK, we want another one. We want another one right away. And he was like, what are you talking about? I've been touring this entire time. I haven't written any new songs. And they're like, no, 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 we need another one. And so he didn't have any other songs. He had one song he had written on the road. And it was The Entertainer, which is a great song. I am the entertainer. It's a great song. Um, and, but all the other songs on the album are garbage. And not only are they garbage, but they're, um, you know, he's, there's two instrumentals on that album. And he really had nothing. So what I'm hoping is, is this guy who directed District 9 said, you know, something happened where he wasn't working or or was busy doing other things and then something came up and he wanted to do a project but I'm hoping that he can bounce back from this and do something because you know another problem with Elysium is it's pretty much the same you know have and have nots situation um that uh, you know that District Nine was, except way, way more extreme, where the Earth is a disaster, and uh, the floating space station where all the rich people live, which is a paradise, is Elysium, and it you know circles the Earth. Uh, there's a lot more wrong with that movie. I'm not gonna go into it. Just please don't waste your time. See those other two movies instead. So, um, the, uh, in, in the elevator at work, they've got this, like, little TV screen. It's about iPad size. And they put news stories up there. And, um, they, they, one of the news stories was, um, Walmart CEO replaced or, you know, yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, so-and-so, that was what it was. So-and-so named his new CEO, uh, Walmart CEO. And I was like, who the fuck cares, right? Like, I guess if you're a stockholder in Walmart stock, you'd be like, oh, shit, is this going to, you know, affect my portfolio? But who the fuck is riding in this elevator who has enough stock in Walmart where that's really going to matter at all? I mean, you, you know the the CEO of Walmart isn't going to do anything revolutionary it's not like um he's gonna get on the mic and be like all um hey hi hi everyone um 
thank thank you for coming. Uh, you know, as um, I, I've only been in this job as CEO for a week now, but I really want to uh, innovate. Um, I really want to uh, try new things. And so uh, one of the things I'm going to do that I really think will uh, uh, save money and uh, make uh, Walmart more exciting is we're replacing all the checkout counters, uh, the people who work the checkout counters, uh, with uh, rhesus monkeys. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. Um, uh, they're baboons. Uh, we were thinking about rhesus monkeys for a while, but they're smaller, and uh, we thought people would get them confused with rhesus pieces. And we didn't want people thinking that, that the checkout counters were being stocked by rhesus pieces. I mean, that's totally insane, right? <laughs> so... Um, now, we know that this is going to be a little uh, different, right? Uh, but, you know, uh, they will be wearing diapers, so the poop throwing should be at a minimum. Uh, but what we're not going to be paying the people who were doing those jobs, we're going to pass those savings on to you. Uh, now, please do not look your checker in the eye. Uh, do not wear any perfumes. Do not taunt your checker. Okay, that's very important. Uh, now, if you'd like, uh, you could bring a treat for your checker. That's They love that. Um, we will be discontinuing the sale of bananas, though. Uh, that's... Uh, we tried, and, you know, let's be honest, Walmart people just don't buy bananas. It really has nothing to do with the baboons now. I mean, it's just... I mean, come on, it's just brown. <laughs> anyway, I think that's how I think that's how the uh, press conference would go. Um, and the only way it could be really, truly, significantly different. Oh, but uh, speaking of that Billy Joel interview, uh, if you have any interest in Billy Joel at all, it's probably the best Billy Joel interview I've ever heard. So, um, yeah, so here's the thing, uh, is the Alec Baldwin podcast, and uh, yeah, check it out. It's really, really good. It's amazingly how autobiographical Billy Joel songs are that you probably don't even notice, you know, because you don't, you don't know the story, and so when he tells you the story and he's like oh yeah well i did this and that's why i wrote this song and you're like oh right of course of course it is so um our friend rick has this theory that i totally support which is um star trek is a pipe dream for many reasons but the biggest one of course is uh the fact that you can talk to the computer and it instantly, not only instantly responds, it gets, it understands everything you say and the answer is immediate, right? So, um, you know, he, his belief is it does not matter what, how fast computers get. We will build operating systems to overtax the speed and it will never be that fast and I was going to do a thing about Kirk talking to Siri but my Kirk impression blows so hard that I just bailed on it and I, I deleted it and so I'm not going to do that but anyway 
It's uh, basically him asking for Triskelion 5 and then getting songs by Maroon 5. It's easy, even if the impression was good. Not that funny. Ah, now, this is my favorite of all of the Rashad's songs. Uh, it's called uh, Western Eyes, and this is the song that I used when I was trying to get an internship at Atlantic Records, which I actually got. And um, the Indigo Girls were pretty popular, more popular then than they are now, certainly. And Melissa Etheridge and all of this like singer, songwriter, folky thing that was going on uh, definitely uh, was, you know, very big in this would have been 93, I want to say, maybe even earlier, 92. Uh, so um, you can definitely hear it in this one, especially with their harmonies and whatnot. So um, and uh, yeah, so I want to thank uh, the Rashads for getting me uh, an internship. I was uh, I, I, what I found out later is I was actually the first one chosen out of the 15 people uh, that eventually got it uh, for the, the gig. And um, that means absolutely nothing. Less than nothing. Oh, so um, uh, SNL has just... Uh, hired another female black cast member. Yay. Um, I I don't know. You know, there's... Anytime this happens, there's always a big, like, to-do. Like, you know, the one side is like, yay, that's a good idea. And the other side is like, fuck it, it ain't enough. You suck. So... Great. I, I don't know for the people who hate it and and are all mad about it. I, I don't know what you expect to have happen. Um, you know, I I thought Mad TV was actually a really good, you know, biting satirical like poke at race relations in America. But then I guess people didn't want to watch that, so it just became what it became. Uh, certainly, I can't, you know, knock what it became because, well, I was on it. So, you know, hey, I'll, I'll take it. Um, but anyway, so it reminded me of uh, Denitra Vance used to do uh, a character that was really funny. It was uh, she would do a takeoff on the old sitcom That Girl, and she would call it That Black Girl, and. Um, the way that that girl always opened was, um, they, they would, um, you know, it would, it was, it was Marlo Thomas, Danny Thomas's daughter, uh, would have her back to the camera amongst all a bunch of other women, and then um, a dude would say, you know. Oh, I want to fuck that girl. And another dude would be like, oh, which one? They're all hella fly. And he's all, you know, the one with that sweet booty. Oh, I love this part. Oh, those are beautiful harmonies, man. And that part where the guitar drops out, like that, I wrote about that in 
the in my thing uh, when I was getting the internship. Uh, it's still fucking beautiful. Too bad is the quality such shit. But anyway, so the guy's like, yeah, I want to fuck that girl. And he's like, which one? And he's like, you know, the one with the sweet booty. And he's all like, I don't know which one. They all got sweet booties. And he'd be like, that girl. And then Marlo Thomas would turn around and then the music would start and whatever. And so in the Denitra Vance version, uh, oh, poor dead Denitra Vance. I think she died of like ovarian cancer or something. Ooh, here's the fever. But anyway, as I said then, I'm going to build up a little snapping cred so we can just let this go for a while and then I'll come in later. But anyway, so Denitra Vance's character was the same thing, except she was the only black woman in the lineup. And then so the guy who was supposed to be saying, oh, that girl, he would feel really like he didn't want to call her out as being black. And so, you know, it was the same thing of like uh, the girl in green and the guy would be like, I don't, they all the three of them are wearing green. I don't know what you're talking about. And so at the end of the bit, it would be or not the end of the bit, but the end of that, you know, awkward beginning, he would be like, the black girl. And then she'd turn around and then they would do the whole like they do a whole parody of the opening. And by the way, that opening is I, I know I keep saying next level crazy. Or super bonkers. I get that all from the podcast, uh, How Did This Get Made? But it is. It's insane, right? Because uh, for those of you who don't remember, it's... Hang on a second. So let's do, let's do, let's talk about Fever right now while we're in it. Um, so I would, the way I do this song is I do kind of a, um, you know, I do sort of like an androgynous kind of like microphone shaky not shaky but you know I'm kind of like using it like a dick <laughs> I mean and then like there's a whole microphone stand and everything but the part that I I feel like I've seen Will Ferrell do this already but let's pretend that he didn't so I have like at least some degree of originality is that um, when she says fever you kind of yell it like fever and then I, what I do is I shoot my arm straight up in the air and then I stamp my foot like when the drums come in. But anyway, uh, so that's good old fever. Um, but, oh, so that girl. So she would, uh, at the, the regular that girl opening is, um, is Marlo Thomas and then she says that girl and then she turns around and then the music starts and it's her... It's so weird. It's the, it's her seeing herself in everyday life, but in like she goes to um, a department store and she sees herself as a mannequin and then winks at her. And then, you know, she sees she's like, I don't know, watching the Queen of England or something. I don't know, something crazy like that. But then all of a sudden she's the queen and she winks at her. And I'm just like, is this bitch psychotic? Is she having some sort of social disconnect with the rest of the world? What is wrong with her? And seeing that we're talking about karaoke, let's let me bring up a couple of things. Um, a key thing about karaoke is don't get wrapped up in the lyrics, right? Like that little bouncing ball that goes along that tells you when to sing is wrong. So just ignore it. Sing it when you want to sing it. Sing it as fast as you want to sing it. Leave out words if you want. Just have fun and relax. Here's a, that Billy Joel song I was talking about. 
Um, oh, uh, before we go, I just have to bring up Asia SF. Our, our friend Tola loves to go to Asia SF, and I don't understand why. It is, it's just transvestites lip syncing. Why, why, why do you want to see this? And, and it's weird, too, because lots and lots of bachelorette parties go there. And I think they go there because they're not going to be hassled. I think that's the whole thing, is it's just like they want to be in a place where straight dudes are not going to be like, because that's the way straight dudes get around chicks. I mean, and it's essentially, um, you know, the only dudes that are in there are there with girlfriends or wives, because why else would they go? There was one guy there, though, I did see who appeared to be strolling for chicks. And I'm just like, and, and I saw him get rebuffed a lot. And I'm just like, no, no, dude. The reason why women are here is because they don't want you talking to them. So, uh, yeah, go away. Try another plan. It's like going to the gym and hitting on a woman. It's like, even if the woman's into you, she didn't want to be seen in that light of being sweaty and, you know, in unflattering clothes. Like, she wants to set the stage. She doesn't want you just all up, all up in her. Oh, but one of the things about Asia SF is if you go into the downstairs, it gets really crowded. And uh, one of the things I really liked was a bachelorette party all had bunny ears. And it was great because it's so crowded in there. And unless you're, you know, six feet tall, then you're not going to get seen. So you could actually just, like, you know, look across the crowd and you would see these bunny ears, you know, all over the place. So if you needed to find any bit of your party, boom, bunny ears. There they are. Uh, so, you know, these little helpful ideas. And, of course, you know, those bunny ears are even better than cell phones, you know, because you can't just call somebody because... Um, you know, you can't hear, you You know, everybody's got a purse. You can't feel it vibrate. Bunny ears, man. Smartest enter, uh, in, uh, entertainer. Smartest uh, idea that I've seen innovating in the um, uh, bachelorette part world. All right, well, do I have uh, 22 more seconds for uh, I can uh, talk through the rest of this Billy Joel song? Oh, I, I just the quick adoption front uh, it got pushed back again. It looks like uh, September, if it happens at all. So um, nothing to report on that end. Well, so we'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, that's it from me. From the music of Bright Brown and Peggy Lee is the one who did Fever. Uh, let's do this one more time. Till then! Are you-